This is the eHealth Radio Network, your source for health advice on demand. And now your host, Eric Michaels. Thanks for joining us once again here on the Health Radio Network. This is your host, Eric Michaels. Today on the program, we're speaking with Colleen Montserrat who is a passionate author driven by a mission to help others thrive. She weaves captivating stories that transcend boundaries, whether through her insightful nonfiction work or the adventure YA book series, Aria and Liam, she imparts valuable wisdom that inspires readers to overcome challenges and embrace their potential. Her new book is You Are Not an Imposter, Overcoming Imposter Syndrome. Unlock your true potential so you can thrive, and this offers a powerful and personal exploration of all this all-too-common condition. And Colleen, thanks for joining us here today on Health Radio. Hi, Eric. Thank you for having me. You're certainly more than welcome. Good to have you out with us here today. And let's just get right into things, if you will. What are the roots of imposter syndrome and how does it develop? Let's start there. So, imposter syndrome, you you have, in my opinion, two types of uh, imposter syndrome. Uh, The first one will be more episodic one, meaning like imagine you get promoted or suddenly you get uh, this new job and you have a lot of things you have never done before. It's normal uh, that you're going to feel like an imposter, especially at the beginning um, as you learn, uh, you know, the job. So this is going to be something more episodic that's going to kind of go away as you learn the job. And after you've got another type that is usually much more rooted uh, into uh, childhood. Uh, And usually you're also going to see that it spreads in other areas of your life, but you might not uh, recognize it because it's usually much more easier to recognize that at work we feel like a fraud that's in like within your family, you know, uh, or with your friends or like what it was in my case, uh, in my health as well. And so we, we see different, uh, reason, uh, different types of kids that really starts to, uh, develop it, uh, in childhood. Uh, usually either they have like very strict parents, uh, high achieving parents and, uh, that really push them and, one thing, it's usually when uh, when you are a, a parent, uh, and a lot of research have been done uh, lately on this subject, it's you uh, are prompt sometimes to say like, you did very well, like you got A on your math test, you're so intelligent. Instead of saying you did a lot of effort to study and that's what you make it, congratulations. And the problem, it's when you, uh, you, you praise someone on a personal traits or something like intelligence, uh, the kid is going to think, okay, I can be nothing else than intelligent. And usually they will have done a lot of effort as well uh, for the test. And so they're going to start to say, yeah, but okay, I got A, but that was not easy. Like I did do effort, but they're telling me that I got it because I was intelligent. And so they're going to start to feel like there's some kind of fraud, um, that they are not intelligent because it was not that easy. And they develop it, develop it into adulthood. And usually those, those kids, they are the ones that are going to end up in a high achieving, you know, career. And the more you are an high achiever, the more you can be prone to feel like a, like a fraud because first you're going to be surrounded by a lot of successful uh, 
uh, colleagues uh, around you. Usually it's the type of job where you're going to be judged a lot. Uh, according to the study, we see a lot of people in academics uh, or even uh, creative jobs. Uh, and the, the last one is uh, marketing and also pharmaceutical uh, that feel like imposters. And it's all jobs where mostly your work is going to be a, like a, a lot judged. And the problem is imposter syndrome is like the, the term, uh, the psychological term that we use, even if it, it's not part of the DSM-5, it is not a recognized uh, psychological condition. It's usually you will have a lot of symptoms like low, like a lot of uh, self-doubt, uh, low self-esteem. Uh, sometimes you can develop as well people pleasing uh, because you want you're gonna want to cover up for for the fraud that you are so you're gonna start at your job to try to please everyone take the job of other people when they ask you because you're just gonna do everything you can to never be found out because for you the you, you truly believe that when people are going to realize the people that praise you, that say, oh, you, you, you're very good at your job, you're very successful. When those people are going to realize that you're just a fraud, everything is going to collapse. And it can lead as well to a lot of sabotage because, you know, our uh, humans, uh, like uh, we talk a lot about um, self-fulfilling uh, prophecy. And usually if you say to yourself that uh, you're going to fail and you keep repeating to you, you're going to fail, you most likely uh, going to fail because you're going to take decision and make choices like that will lead you in the end to fail. And that's a little bit the same with imposter syndrome. If you keep saying to yourself that you are a fraud, trying to do everything you can to make no mistakes, so take no risk, um, you're more likely uh, to, to fail in the end or, or be discovered. And the, the brain is a, a, a wonderful uh, <laughs> organ and uh, it, it's very complex. And so a lot a lot of time wh what you see it's people they just keep going and uh, unfortunately sometimes you need to uh, have a, a wake-up call through like a, a very tough event to finally uh, open your eyes and realize that it's very detrimental because the problem is a lot of people they, they don't realize how much their psychology affects their health, their, their body. And, and now we, we do know uh, that there is a, a relationship between even uh, the gut microbiome and, and the brain. And putting yourself into so much stress, um, the, the self-doubt is usually crippling. Uh, you're going to ruminate a lot. Um, and, and all of this it will, uh, in the end, most likely also impact your physical health, your sleep. Uh, you, you might maybe not exercise as much. So it's something to very, like if I wrote the book and I share my personal journey, it's because for me, I almost died from it. So it's, I had to wake up, I had no choice, but I went on for, for, for decades, uh, closing uh, my eyes on this and it really spread in different areas. And uh, when you start to feel like an imposter, even in, in your health with the disease you have, it starts like to, to have a certain cost you're not willing to pay anymore. And um, 
fortunately we, we are all human and it's uh, often uh, often the case uh, but uh, I, I wish uh, people could wake up before you know it, it got uh, it got too late I was certainly going to say and mention that it certainly is a serious situation to be or to have the imposter syndrome, and uh, thanks for your information on that shared so far. Now, what urgent actions must one take to invalidate beliefs around being an imposter? So this is like for for me, and it's not just for imposter syndrome, in fact. So first, what what I want to say is we are often really reluctant uh, to, to change, and changing our belief is, in my opinion, one of the hardest things. Uh, as human, uh, uh, we we have to go through because it's usually like we 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 like to think that we are we have free will. Honestly, personally, I don't think it's totally the case uh, I, because in fact we build schemas in our head since we came on this earth. This is building blocks in your brain that they're going to create to be able to perceive uh, the world, interpret uh, what is happening around you. So all the beliefs that you create in childhood are very hard uh, to to remove and to rewrite. It's possible. And the first step, and I think it's one of the things that changed the most my life, it's to be self-aware, but very self-aware, not like the fake self-aware that where we just try to find facts that will um, feel the opinion or the belief we, we already have, because we know that uh, the brain always looked, uh, look for, for facts that uh, support the belief that we have. So becoming self-aware in meaning every time you find yourself having one of those thoughts that you feel like a fraud, stop and ask yourself, why do I think that? And what are the evidence that supports uh, my belief? And every time try to find evidence and most likely you will not find any. Of course, sometimes you will make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes, but most of the time those like the, the, the things you're going to feel are completely unjustified. And also what, what I did is to try to find the roots, um, try to see in my childhood what is the event that started to kick uh, this uh, entire uh, pattern of thinking. And I, I think it's important because for me, by knowing where the roots are, you can start working at rewriting this event because in fact, life is there is no true and false. We can live the exact same events and both of us will have a completely different uh, perception of the events. So in the end, maybe you interpreted something when you were young, a sentence or maybe a school teacher was very hard and usually like put everybody everybody down. Sometimes it happened or it was your parents or, or maybe a, a brother and sister that were doing uh, better in the family. So by going back to the roots, you can find this event and rewrite the narrative, rewrite how you interpreted it. Because for me, the quality of your life will depend on how you perceive situation. And by rewriting this, you can start uh, to 
to heal. And of course, it's not just going to end uh, uh, directly within like uh, five or uh, ten minutes. It's a daily practice. It's it's very uncomfortable. So that's why a lot of people are, are reluctant uh, to go through those types of journey. Because, for example, if you are a people pleaser, uh, you're going to have every time uh, like someone asks you uh, to do something and you don't have time, you can't do it, you're going to have to learn to say no. Uh, this is going to be uncomfortable at the beginning. And when your brain is creating new neural pathway to change uh, habit or, or belief that we're doing, it needs repetition. So your behaviors need to support uh, the change of your belief because in the end, if you say to yourself, okay, I, I erase this belief, I think I'm good, but your behaviors are still doing something else, it means uh, you, you still need to work on it. So it's a very daily uh, thing. I found journaling uh, is a very good way. I, I, I didn't think it will be uh, true, to be honest, when everybody was telling me about it. But to be able to analyze your thought, what you why you think like this, um, and write it down with a pen, uh, because typing is not the same for your brain than if you write, uh, is very beneficial. And now I do I do it on a daily basis. Power walking has been as well. Uh, a very, very good way uh, for me to uh, to overcome it because when you walk, uh, first it helps with uh, neuroplasticity, it helps with memory, and it helps for the body. So that's just the perfect uh, uh, fitness-like sport you can do uh, as a human, in my opinion. I'm sure there's a lot more you could say about that, but again, we really do appreciate your joining us here today to talk about this. Now, I know that you've had personal and business success, but how can the syndrome sabotage personal success? Get into that a little bit as well. The biggest thing will be your aversion, for example, for risk of failures. Because when you feel like a fraud, you're so scared to be found out that you're going to try your best uh, not to go any other way, stay in your line. And when you go up the ladder, uh, the corporate ladder, or even in academics, you know that you will need to take much more risk and accept failure. Failure is part of life. So this is one of the biggest um, things that will impact uh, your, your success because of this syndrome. And otherwise, like, you not mentally, your mental health is not going to be at, at its maximum. You, because of self-doubt, you might doubt every choices you make. You might stay in a job uh, that is no longer good for you because you're not going to want to try uh, to pursue uh, something else. Uh, you can also, for example, in terms of uh, salary, you can sabotage yourself because the, the situation, for example, I found myself in, it's I didn't even want to be increased uh, a lot uh, because I was so scared that if I get paid too much and when they realized uh, that I, I'm a fraud, the downfall will be harder, you know? So you've, you, you've got all, you, in fact, your brain is making you uh, your biggest barrier to success. Excellent. Thanks for your response on that. That is most helpful. Now, also, how does imposter syndrome manifest for both men and women in professional settings? Get into that in just a little bit. So when they do a, a study on imposter syndrome, the, the numbers between uh, men and women feeling like a fraud like comes back 
women are a little bit more, but it's usually uh, quite the same. But they do erupt in different manners because they, you don't have the same challenges when you are a man and woman. And this is mostly based uh, because of a social construct. A man is going to be expected uh, in our society to be very uh, strong, a leader, um, so someone that can make decisions quickly, uh, that, that can manage uh, uh, like a, a lot of people in a company. So you have got quite high expectations. So uh, men that do not feel that much confidence, they're going to face in plus this idea that people are going to project to us and which going to increase uh, imposter syndrome and they're going to be more feel fearful. But usually they cover up what they're saying. It's, they cover up much better than, uh, than women. They're more inclined to do the fake it until uh, you make it, but they're still going to feel like a fraud, you know. Women, they, they face other challenges because for them, uh, they've got the stereotypes of not everywhere, but you, you still uh, find in company uh, sometimes misogyny and, and the fact that a woman cannot be, uh, for example, assertive or a lot of uh, different uh, subjects. And so they're going to be expected, um, like people are going to, they're going to feel like they, they're waiting uh, to be put under the scene much more faster. So it, it, it's it's very different. And uh, as a woman, you can have a, a lot during your career, a lot even of talk that, oh, you are here because either they needed quota, so you are at the top because they needed quota, or, and I'm sorry to say it like this, but it actually uh, happened uh, uh, a lot, uh, even personally, you've gone under the, the desk of the CEO, you know. So it's just going to increase your feeling of an imposter because you're going to need to fight other types of stereotypes. And society, unfortunately, like uh, uh, stereotypes and they can be very difficult to manage, especially as you go higher in, uh, in the corporate uh, ladder and you're more under the radar of, uh, of people. Once again, we've been speaking with Colleen Montserrat. She is the author of the new book, You Are Not an Imposter, Overcoming Imposter Syndrome, Unlock Your True Potential So You Can Thrive. And we certainly have enjoyed her input here today per this book. Now, lastly, and as we conclude, how can we reframe negative self-talk and create new neural pathways? Uh, let's end the conversation with that today. Yes, yeah, so negative uh, uh, ne negative self-talk, it's a visual cycle. Once you get inside, you need to escape, and it's not always easy. And uh, it's, it comes back to the same that I was saying earlier, to rewrite, like to do new neural pathway, you need practice. So every time you find yourself caught uh, in a negative self-talk about yourself or even about uh, uh, something else that you don't want, you need to rewrite the narrative in your end. You need to force yourself to change the sentence to a positive one. And you need to repeat, repeat, repeat until the, the, the positive uh, thinking, positive uh, uh, self-talk becomes bigger, more automatic, more instinctive than the negative one. It's complicated. I'm not uh, uh, gonna lie, it, it's not always easy. And also never forget that nutrition, uh, we, we don't talk 
enough about it, but plays a big role in uh, in your mental health. So also make sure that uh, you eat a balanced diet and you avoid uh, high sugary snack. People don't usually believe me, but uh, just since I became type 1 diabetic, I, I've, uh, I've seen, and every time my blood sugar is high, I will see my negative self-talk being much higher than it usually is. So nutrition is very important and exercising as well. But you will need to practice every time you've got this thinking. And please know that the brain is usually wired to be more negative than positive. It's a evolutionary like trait. So don't beat yourself up and uh, just rewrite the sentence so it's a positive one. Just lie to yourself if you don't believe yourself. Colleen, really do appreciate your visit with us here today. Certainly is noticeable that you're very passionate about helping other people thrive. And again, we thank you for your time spent with us here today. Where can listeners get more information on yourself as well as where's the best place they could pick up the book as well? So they, they can uh, find the book in all their favorite retailers, uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, uh, Walmart, etc. There is a website with also all the resources I used uh, uh, during my journey on uh, www.youarenotanimposter.com. And of course, you can find these links within the show notes of this broadcast as well. Colleen, all the best. And again, we thank you for joining us here today on Health Radio. Thank you, Eric, for having me. Hey, you're more than welcome anytime. Again, we've been speaking with Colleen Montserrat, who is a passionate author driven by a mission to help others thrive. Her new book is You Are Not an Imposter, Overcoming Imposter Syndrome, Unlock Your True Potential So You Can Thrive, offers a powerful and personal exploration of this all-too-common condition. And for all the details, simply visit youarenotanimposter.com or colleenmontserrat.com. Com. And again, these links can be found within the show notes of this broadcast. And again, this has been your host, Eric Michaels, and we do thank you for your continued support of the eHealth Radio Network. Join us again soon for another episode that will help further expand your knowledge on those things that are important to your health and wellness. For more eHealth Radio reports, we invite you to visit our main radio channel site at eHealthRadioNetwork.com. And as always, we do thank you for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to the eHealth Radio Network. For more information or to subscribe to this podcast, visit eHealthRadioNetwork.com.